Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Everyone say remember. Turn your Bibles with me to 1 Kings chapter 19. And um, Have you ever found yourself going from one battle to another? One season of a fight to another fight to another fight and to another fight. You get to the point where you begin to wonder, is this ever going to end? It's like from one challenge to another, out of, the, uh, out of the frying pan into the fire, and it's just like one opponent after another. You're, you're, you're fighting this battle on this front at work, and then you battle this other fight here uh, with your family. Then you're fighting with your kids. Then you're fighting with the community. There's always something that you're fighting through, something that you're working through, something that you're battling through. And something is we're going through this time as a family with my father, one of the things I begin to find in the spirit is that I, I'm, I find myself that feelings I begin to have I, that I'm, I'm not used to, I, I find that God is speaking to me through these experiences that I'm going through, that I know what it is to battle, I know what it is to fight, but one thing God has gifted me on is the ability to fight through struggles and battles and not give up. It's not that I've never been discouraged, but what I'm telling you, if there's one strength that I have, I might not be tall, I might not be the strongest, I might not even be the greatest preacher, but one of the things I do know is that God has gifted me with the tenacity to get through struggles in life, whether it was with my daughter when she had cancer, or whether it was other struggles and crises that we went through in life, one of the things that God has wired into me is this ability to fight through things and not give up. And so I have a hard time when I get surrounded by people that are always wanting to give up. I get frustrated. And so that's not always a good gift to have when you are a pastor. Or you need to empathize with people that are going through. Come on, somebody. I'm just being honest with you right now. So I struggle when I find individuals because I'm like, hey, my daughter died and I I fought through it. You can get through the fact that you don't have enough money to get your coffee at 7-Eleven this week. Come on. Say it again, Pastor. I I feel that there's times, though, and the, the, the reality is this, is that just because you're going through a battle and other people don't recognize what you're facing doesn't make it any less of a battle. Whether I understand what you're going through or not doesn't make it any less of a struggle for you. And I want to share with you a story because in the word of God we see in in 1 Kings chapter 19, stand to your feet as we read the word. I want you to see this. This is of Elijah. Elijah is probably one of the greatest prophets. In fact, Jesus called him the greatest prophet to ever live. And he calls out John the Baptist out of that same spirit of Elijah is going to be the one that, that's going to set the pace, that's going to come. He called John the Baptist that the, the Elijah of the prophets, the modern-day prophets. 
And here, Elijah has gone through one of the greatest battles ever. He just stopped rain from raining from, for, for three years. Great famine on the land because of the sin that was going on. He just took on the prophets of Baal, and he ends up killing. He had fire come down from heaven. He kills over 800 of these prophets of Baal. He went through a major battle, praise, and rain comes down. He, th- this dude was bad. He's not a wimp. This guy knew how to fight. And I'm here to tell you, there's some of you here right now that you're going through some battles, but you are not a wimp. You know how to fight. Come on, give yourselves a round of applause right now. You know how to battle. You're like, you know, you know that's right, Pastor. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all I wouldn't want to mess with. Even some of you ladies, you just got that look, you know. Verse 19, or chapter 19, verse 1 and 2, says, Ahab reported to Jezebel everything that Elijah had done, including the massacre of the prophets. Jezebel immediately sent a messenger to Elijah with her threat. The gods will get you for this, and I will get even with you. And check this out. By this time tomorrow, you will be as dead as any of those prophets. Threat. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. Slap your neighbor, tell him, be encouraged this morning. Go ahead, slap him. That's all right. When, when, what, what's a threat? A threat is an expression of intent to inflict evil, to inflict in, injury or damage. It's an indication of something that's about to come. And if you've ever been in a situation where you knew that you were about to face something, you can't sleep the night before, your heart rate begins to pound a little bit, you start sweating, you, you're not thinking right. And here Elijah goes from the greatest victory he's ever experienced fights through it, has a great victory, and now he has a king's wife saying, if by this time tomorrow you're not dead. And now that threat hits him and depression sets in. We've heard a lot about depression recently because we've had some high-profile people pass away because of suicide. Depression's real. And I saw, I saw a clip recently of John Gray speaking that we all recognize these big names that have, given, that, that have uh, committed suicide. But what about that individual that we've never heard of that is fighting that same thing? We give a lot of attention to it because a celebrity killed themselves. But what about people that are battling with depression every day? Depression's real. And just because you're right with God doesn't mean you'll never go through a depressive time. Elijah's one of the greatest prophets. And yet he's going through a time of depression. How do I know this? As as he's feeling pressed upon, as he feels this struggle coming upon him, he's gone from one battle to another. He just wins this great victory with the prophets of Baal. And now the queen says, I'm going to kill you. You see, I want you to understand that he's being used by God, but yet this attack has caused him to feel like giving up. Have you ever felt like giving up? Now, you're right with God. You have a relationship with God, but you still felt like giving up. I've been there. I, I, I've been there in those times that I wanted to give up. And I've been there in those times that the attack is so great that you feel like just, it's easier to give up than it is to fight. 
Sometimes you just think, you know, maybe the enemy will get off my back if I just stop becoming a threat. But I want you to understand something. I want to speak to your heart this morning. First of all, I want you to understand it's okay to want to quit. Say it again, Pastor. It's okay to want to quit. Why? Because only successful people can quit something. The very fact you want to quit means that you have something to quit from. If you want to quit your job, you have a job. If you want to quit the marriage, you have a relationship. If you want to quit life, you are causing something to happen. You can't quit from nothing. Only a successful person can quit. Number two, it's it's okay to want to quit as long as you don't. So sit there all you want. Man, I want to give up. I want to throw in the towel. I'm going to give up. I'm not doing this anymore. You go ahead and vent. Get on Facebook, frustrated. <laughs> Tweet, I'm a, I, I can't handle this. It's over. Relationship, it's complicated. We know what's going on. Express all you want to. But after you're done expressing, shake yourself off, get up, and go forward. It's okay to want to quit as long as you don't. And the third thing I want you to recognize is that everyone wants to quit at one time or another. Just because you want to quit doesn't make you a bad person. Everyone's wanted to quit. Listen, wives, don't lift your hand. But there are times that as wives, you wanted to quit your husband. Don't, don't, don't shake your head too. Some of you look like bobbleheads right now. Amen, Pastor. The, the reality is this, is that we've all at times, that's why I wear this ring. This ring reminds me of the commitment I made to my wife, that I'm not always going to feel in love with our newlyweds right here. That ring means something. It reminds you that I made a promise that even though we're going to go through some tough times, I look at the ring and the ring reminds me of a commitment I made, not, that, not when I was feeling bad, but when I was feeling good, when we made a choice till death do us part or until I kill you. My wife and I joke around that we've removed the word divorce from our marriage, but not murder. <laughs> just plain, just plain. You see, great people are ordinary people that refuse to give up. And if you want to be great in life, you have to make a choice not to give up. Whether it's that choice to get out of debt whether that choice is to get get healthy, whether that choice is to, to put your family back together again, or great people are ordinary people that refuse to give up. But I want to give you a snapshot of Elijah. I want to move on this because I don't want to take much time. Elijah was a great prophet, moved by God, accomplished some great things, stood boldly for God, and yet this man that created some of the greatest miracles that we've seen in our time, this man did some great things, yet when Jezebel says about this time tomorrow you will be dead, he runs like a little girl. He's fearful. Why? Because the threat from Jezebel was credible. Everyone say credible. You see, that's the problem with depression is that a lot of the times the things that we're facing, it's not that they're bad or or that, that, that they're fake. Sometimes those threats are credible. You might get foreclosed on. 
you might get laid off. Your, your, your marriage might be on the verge of ending. Your, your, your kid might be on the verge of, of breaking down. These are credible things that some of us face. They're, they're things that, that I'm struggling with my sobriety right now. These are credible issues that you're fighting. And that's the problem is that what you're facing isn't fake. It's real. But what do you do when you're facing these credible issues? First Kings chapter 19, she says this. By this time tomorrow, you will be as dead as any of those prophets. And so he goes from this credible threat to now he's getting fearful about what this woman can do. Because this lady has influence. We've all been fearful of something. We've all found ourselves running when we should have been standing. And he takes off running. Look at verse 3. It says this. And Elijah was afraid. And what did he do? He what? He fled. He ran. And what's the thing we do whenever we get in a crisis, whenever we find ourselves in a struggle? We do the same thing. Instead of running to God, we run away from God. Whenever we get afraid, whenever we find our, our, ourselves getting depressed or fearful and that credible threat coming against us, we end up running. And that's what the prophet does. He runs. He leaves his servants, leaves them behind, and he just wants to be Alone. And alone can be a dangerous place when you're depressed, when you're fearful, when you got credible things coming against you. Come on, somebody. And so what does Elijah do? He runs and he hides. Have you ever been there? Come on, talk to me. Have you ever been in that place where you're running and you're hiding? You ever been in that place that, you're, that, that instead of, you, you know what you should do, but it feels so good to run. Just, just, just get away from me. Your, your husband touches you. Just leave me alone. You're the one that's causing all this trouble right now. Your kids, mommy, I'm sorry. Just, just go to your room. We, we've all been in that time that we just want to be alone. And we find ourselves in a place called isolation. Whenever you find yourself in a place of isolation, you are stepping to a danger zone. Because you're separating yourself from the very people that can help you. Look at verse 4. He says this, then he went on what? He went on what? Alone. Into the wilderness, traveled all day, and he sat down under a solitary broom tree, and he prayed that he might what? Oh, come on, we're talking a man of God. We're not just talking about some Joe. We're talking about one of the greatest prophets to ever live. The brother is so depressed. He's sitting under a tree. He's running, trying to get away from Jezebel. And he's saying, God, I just want to die. This brother's suicidal right now. Are you hearing me? The prophet, the man of God, is suicidal at this moment. He's at a point where he wants to give up. He, he's literally saying, I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. In fact, he tells the Lord later on in the scriptures, he's the very thing. Now, now capture this. What, did, what was it that Jezebel said she was going to do to him? What? She was going to kill him. So what does he do? He runs. And what does he run to? He sits down and what does he say to God? God, I want to 
the very thing he's running from becomes the very thing he's running to. Now you, you <laughs> when you run in your life, the very thing that you were afraid of becomes the very thing you run to. You can't get away from it because that spirit is attaching itself to you. And what you think you're getting away from is the very thing that is running with you. And he tells God, I want you to see in verse 4, he says, I had enough. Have you ever said that? <laughs> I know you love your kids. I know you love your husband, your wife. I know you love your job. I know you love your God. I know you love life. But we've all been at that place. I've had enough. Those of you from the east side, Charlotte for them, man. You're done. It's over. I ain't dealing with you no more. I'm not dealing with this. He said, I had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Brother is down. I mean, dude, Elijah, you're 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 depressing me, brother. I read this and I, you can feel what he's going. Have you ever been in a night season? I didn't say been through a night time, but been through a night season. We're in a 24-hour period. The sun doesn't come up. It's still nighttime in your heart and in your mind. I, I, I want to submit something to you is that we've all gone through night seasons. In fact, let me read to you what the psalmist says, and it's not, not on the screen, but in Psalms, uh, write this down, Psalm 16, verse 7. The psalmist says this, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. In the night seasons. Now, I've heard the season of winter. I've heard the season of summer. I've heard the season of fall and spring, but I've never heard about the night season. It's just not a, a night. It is a season that you go through of darkness. It's a season that you go through where, where it's dark in your life. But one thing I found is this, is that the psalmist is literally saying it's in my night season that you show up. I love the way the Passion Version says it. It says, the way you counsel and correct me makes me praise you more. For your whisper in the night gives me wisdom. Your whisper in the... Sometimes it's the night time that we go through that we can hear the voice of God better. Now, now, now listen. I, many of you know I started gardening last year. And uh, I made a major mistake this past, this just recently. In fact, my dad, on his deathbed, I told him what I did and he... he Slapped me in the head. Literally. He, 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 he's all weak. He's laying there. He's just, you know, all out of it. And I told him, and he, twice, he just slapped me in the head. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you should know this. And because I killed almost half my garden with what I did. I used the wrong kind of water. And there's, uh, forget it, it's another sermon. But one of the things I realize is this, is that when I plant my garden, as I go out in the morning to, to, to see it, to water it, the plants are a certain size in the morning. Then I come back at, in, in before the sun goes down, and they're still that same size. Nothing happens during the day. 
The ground is just there for the seeds that I planted. You don't see anything. But something happens at night. Something takes place that I can't explain when the sun goes down. That doesn't happen when the sun is up. You would think the heat of the sun would cause things to grow, but it's when the sun goes down that all of a sudden I come out the next day and where there was just dirt, now there's a, there's a leaf, there's a plant, there's springing forth. All of a sudden something that wasn't there, that, that, that uh, watermelon plant that was just a little, a little seedling is now, it's expanded. It's like someone came in and switched the plants at night. Why? Because it's in the night season that you grow. It's in the night season when no one else sees God is doing something in your life in the nighttime. It's in the dark of your life that God causes things to grow. If you're in a night season right now, get ready. I said, if you're in a night season right now, get ready. Now, you might not need this message right now, but put this message in your back pocket because you're going to go through a night season. And when you go through that night season where you're wondering, God, where are you? You are going to find it's in those night seasons that your growth is exponential. Your growth becomes expedited. And all of a sudden, things that you thought that you had been looking like, where's that seed? I know I planted something here. Where is it? You keep watering it in your marriage, in your children, in your finances, in your walk with God. And there's nothing there. Something happens in your night season that all of a sudden what wasn't there shows up. I got to close right now. But I want you to see this is that Elijah is at a point right now where he resigns. I'm done. God, I can't do this anymore. I want to encourage you, you've heard this said before, never make a permanent decision based on a temporary circumstance. And many of us are making permanent decisions. We're ending marriages, we're walking away from God, we're quitting jobs, we're stopping our our faithful, we're, we're making permanent decisions based on temporary seasons. Never make a permanent decision based on a temporary circumstance. And I love what happens as he, just to kind of bring the story together. He runs and he goes and he sleeps. Some of you, before you make a decision, rest. Rest. You're so busy trying to fix everything, but you haven't gotten still. What's, what's Elijah do? Elijah, the brother. He goes to sleep. Now, why aren't you praying? Because he needs rest. It's his night season. Some of you are so busy trying to fix everything that you're making it worse. Rest. And I, I love what happens is as he's resting... An angel shows up and says, wake up, eat, refuel. You need your strength. So he eats and he goes back to sleep. And as he goes back to sleep, the angel shows up again and says, hey, wake up, eat. Because you have a journey in front of you. In other words, you're going somewhere. 
<laughs> I got news for you. You're going somewhere. God's not done with you yet. You might be going through a night season, but God is about to give you strength. He's about to feed you. You got to get rest and you need to refuel. You got to get rest and you need to refuel, especially leaders. For those of you that lead, those of you that are fathers, those of you that are moms, those of you that are leading a business, you need to refuel because all you're doing is giving out. Eventually, you're going to burn out. You got to take time for you. What are your kids going to do without you? Take care of you. Go get that massage. Well, pastor, I don't have enough money to... Go get the massage. Go take yourself out to eat. Go sit on a beach and just get away from everything. You don't have to spend to invest in you. Angel tells him to wake up. After you get done resting, listen to me. Some of y'all have been resting for a long time. But what happens when you sleep a lot? You, you think you, if you got more sleep, you'd be more all you're doing is sleeping you get more tired rest is supposed to rejuvenate and revitalize not become a lifestyle well pastor we came here because we needed rest we got burnt out at our old church we got burnt out at the old things and we're just in our rest season you've been resting for how long that's why the angel shows up and wakes him up. Some of y'all need to get woke. Now you, you need to get woke. You need to wake up. It's time to wake up because you're going somewhere. That there's a plan. God wakes him up and says, says this in verse 8. Then he got up, he ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. This is where Moses receives the Ten Commandments. This is where Moses goes to the top of the mountain and is with God. I'm here to tell you that you have an encounter with God that's waiting for you. That if you would get up, God has taken you somewhere to have an encounter with Him. What's he do when he gets to that cave, to the mountain? He finds a cave and goes back to sleep. <laughs> Tired God. I love what happens. I just want to share this with you if you would stand to your feet with me. Every one of you right now in this place, your name is Elijah. Not Miggy, Elijah. Not Chacho, Elijah. Not Mike, Elijah. You are Elijah right now. What's my message that God has for you this morning? Is number one, you're not alone. You feel alone, but you're not alone. Elijah tells God, man, I'm, I'm the only one left. 
And God says, no, you're not, fool. I got 7,000 other prophets that are doing the job. They're just not giving up like you are. In times that we feel alone, but you're not. Look around. Come on, look around. You're not alone. You got brothers and sisters in this house right now that are here for you. But you are so focused in on getting alone that you won't let anyone in. Let someone love on you, pray for you, encourage you. Number two, when you need rest, rest and refuel when you can. But lastly, remember, everyone say remember, where you're going. Because the angel of the Lord shows up to him in the cave and says this, what are you doing here? I love when God asks a question that God knows the answer to. What are you doing here? Well, God, I've I've been fighting for you. I've been giving my life to you. I've been doing all the right things, but these people that you gave me aren't, it's the people. They're, they're, They're all jacked up. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, but it's these people you have me surrounded with. And Lord, I'm the only one. And God asks him again, what, what, are you, what are you doing here? The Bible says a great wind comes, a great earthquake comes, and a fire shows up. But God wasn't in the wind, the earthquake, or the fire. He wasn't in earth, wind, and fire. But then all of a sudden, Elijah hears a still, small voice, a whisper. We're looking for something spectacular. Church people can be so weird sometimes. We want the earth to shake and then God to give us a word. We want the wind to blow and you holding on as God shows up fire to fall down and the voice come from the fire and all you need to do is pick up your Bible and let God whisper a word to your heart. Come on, lift your hands all over this place right now. I just speak rest to you. You don't need to figure this out on your own. You got a God that's working it all out in your favor right now. Come on. Stop battling right now and rest. Rest right now in Jesus' name. I speak rest over you. Come on, just rest, rest. I want you just to close your eyes and meditate on Jesus for a moment, on on the God that loves you, the God that cares for you, the God that is concerned about you right now, that let him encourage you, let him strengthen you. I speak rest to you. Refuel. It's okay. You want, to, you want to give up? It's okay to want to give up as long as you don't. Come on, just receive it right now. Been worrying about your finances, your family. You've been worrying about your job, your career. Been worrying about where you're going to live. Things are getting so expensive in this valley. You're trying to work everything out. You're trying to navigate everything. Rest in Jesus' name. I speak peace to your heart right now. 
Come on, right now, just receive it. Lord, I just declare peace over every heart. Lord, let the still, small voice, as your word says in the book of Psalms, be still and know that I am God. Just know right now for a moment, God's working it out in your favor. God's working it all out in your favor right now. Come on, put your faith in him. All the promises of God are based on the character. You trust the promise based on the character of the one giving the promise. You can trust God's character right now. So right where you are, I just want you to rest for a moment. I'm not going to call you to the altar this morning. I just want you right where you are to rest in his word, rest in his promises, rest in his love. Rest right now. I just speak it over you right now, God. I just speak your blessing, God. We love you, Jesus. I speak strength. You're here right now, and you're just you're, you're going through that Elijah moment. You're going through that. It's not that you're far from God. It's just that you're going through a battle right now, and you're feeling like giving up. If that's you, just wave your hand back and forth in the air. God bless you. Yes, I see that. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you. God bless you. Right now, Father, you've seen every hand that has been waved. Even if I didn't, God, you see it. You see the waving. You see the hands that are lifted right now. Lord, I speak peace. I speak rest. I speak hope. I speak life in Jesus' name. This struggle will not defeat me. It will not be the end of me. I need to remember the purpose that I'm here. Remember why I'm here. What are you doing here? Lord, you asked Elijah twice, why are you here? Lord, let us remember why we're here today. Remember why we're here on earth, what you placed us here for. We have a purpose, you have a plan, you have a design, a destiny, a legacy for us to leave. So Lord, I speak life right now, I speak hope, I speak courage in Jesus' name. Say this with me, Heavenly Father, I'm tired right now. I've been faithful, I've been doing the right things. But these people are not following you. Help me focus on you and not them. Grant me the rest I need today. The strength to go on. To rely on you, not on myself. And to remember why I'm here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want you to see the final thing that God tells Elijah to do. Tells him, I want you to go. I want you to anoint a new king. I want you to anoint Jehu, who's going to deal with Jezebel. In other words, God's telling him, I already got Jezebel taken care of. You got the answer in you. All you have to do is anoint Jehu. Jehu's going to take care of Jezebel. Then I'm going to have you anoint your replacement. You want out? I got you. You're going to raise up someone to take your place. 
I'm going to let you resign. But you have to have someone ready to take your place. What's God saying? Before you quit where you're at, raise someone to take your place. Don't give up. Feel like giving up? It's all right. Whine, kick, scream, cry, slam the door, lay on the bed, lay in the fetal position, say, I'm not coming out. Then after you're done with the drama, get back up, wipe your tears, straighten your crown, and go face the world. Amen. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.